Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Two fourth down decisions that were critical in the second half. Neither one was converted. Um, you know, particularly the second one. Why, why not take a, a field goal there and maybe stem the bleeding a little bit? Yeah, I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know, and it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. 
I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. That was Dan Campbell after the game. I actually love the way he handled that. Um, he didn't, you know, act like the smartest guy in the room and hit you with all the analytics stuff. Because to be honest with you, I don't even think that's how he makes his decisions. Uh, he took the blame. He said he understood the criticism that would come his way. Um, the focus, by the way, is on all of the fourth downs, post-game, in-game, this morning. I think the worst in-game decision made by the Lions was a third down decision. Uh, ben Standy coming up at noon. We're going to go through the itinerary for the Washington coach searches today and tomorrow. Uh, that's coming up uh, shortly. Um on the show at noon. Not that shortly, actually. What am I talking about? Uh, your chance to weigh in uh, coming up on the show as well. Um, all right. So I'm going to go through the Campbell fourth down decisions in a minute or two. But the worst decision he and the Lions made came at the end of the game on third down and goal at the 49ers one yard line with a minute five to go trailing 34 to 24. And the Lions in that moment holding all three of their timeouts. It's coming off an incompletion, uh, incompleted pass, um, and they've got their three timeouts, and there's a minute five to go in the game. You cannot run the football on that third down. Cannot run the football. Of all of the decisions that are being scrutinized, a lot of the fourth downs, to me, that's the easiest call there is. Even if you think the chances of scoring a touchdown are greater running it in with Montgomery in that spot versus throwing it, you can't take the risk of a stop and needing to call a timeout because the timeout pretty much ends the game at that point. You've got to know that if you're forced to call a timeout, the game is basically over. Do you know why it's over? Because the chances of recovering an onside's kick are near zero. Two for 41 this year. When they put the rule changes in a few years ago for safety reasons, it made recovering an onside's kick nearly impossible. You had to keep alive the possibility of kicking deep uh, and using three timeouts to get the ball back on offense after a score, whether it be seven points or three points. That was the worst decision they made. Now, you can say, well, they didn't have to take a timeout. They could have gone hurry up. Yeah, but the problem is is that you're going to lose valuable time, 20, 25 seconds after Montgomery gets stopped for, by the way, a, a, a one-yard loss back to the three-yard line. And you got to get every, you know, you have to have two plays called in that instance, you know, if you're going to do that. But you're going to lose, you know, by the time the the pile unpiles and you get the ball marked and you get set up. And by the way, do you have the personnel on the field you want? You can't run the ball there. That's the worst in game decision, in my opinion, that Detroit made. You've got to throw it there. I understand that they were successful running the ball all day long, but the risk of a stop and look, they hadn't been stopped throwing the ball either all day long. 
they had just as good of a chance, I think. Now, maybe they felt whatever San Francisco was doing defensively. In the normal course of a game, sure, run it there. You can't put yourself into position where you're going to be forced to call a timeout. If you do that, the game is over. In essence, over. Two for 41 this year. Recovered onside kicks. That's like 4.4%. That's the worst decision, again, from my standpoint, they made. Um, And then I got to tell you, I, I understand that analytics would say on that fourth and goal from the three, you go for it. I'm kicking the field goal. I, you're down by 10. You've just been stopped on a on a, a one-yard loss after a couple of incompletions or one incompletion. I mean, you've got analytically, I understand that the chance, the percent chance of making it is pretty high. And you may not get that good of a chance to score a touchdown, but you have to extend the game. I ignore the analytics in that spot. I need 10 points. I know that that means a touchdown and a field goal. And the field goal is a 19-yarder or a 20-yarder. And I've got, you know, if I threw the incompletion on third down, I got three timeouts left down 34-27. So... Let's go through the fourth down decisions. Again, though, you can't run the football there. Can't. I would hope that that is a Campbell decision. And I Campbell is has been so good for the Detroit Lions. He is obviously a hell of a football coach. There's so much that goes in to coaching. And he has coached aggressively since he got there. This is him. They go for more fourth downs than anybody in the league. They err on the side of being overly aggressive. Now, sometimes the emotion in being aggressive has gotten the better of them, like trying the the two-point conversion from the seven-yard line against the Cowboys. That was just plain stupid. There was nothing analytically or otherwise that said that that was a smart decision. They got bailed out by a penalty, um, and then they had one more chance from the two-yard line. I don't even think... Campbell's one of these guys that has somebody, uh, right now it's a .03% if we go. I I don't think he's a fourth down analytics or a two-point analytics guy. I just think he's aggressive, he is emotional, and he goes based on feel. Look, if this was all about analytics and not context or feel or emotion, then he would have gone for the fourth down at the end of the first half. So, the fourth down decisions by Campbell. Let's go through them chronologically. Again, and you're going to probably be surprised at some of my answers. Some of you will be. To me, the third down decision, and then really the decision to then go for it on fourth down, was insane. I I would not have, I, I would have thrown the ball on third down, and then I would have taken the field goal um, to extend the game for sure. On fourth down. They scored. They scored um, on fourth and three. And look, they've been excellent on fourth and goal and fourth and threes all year long. So maybe they thought that was their best chance in that moment with that context on the road against that team that had all the momentum. I would have kicked the field goal. But let's go through 
the fourth downs. First of all, there's a fourth and five that nobody's talked about in the first half. They're up 14-7. to Again, they have not been stopped. It's one chunk play after another. Montgomery for 14 yards. Uh, short pass to Monroe St. Brown, who's uncoverable for 11 on a third and 10. Um, they, they, they get to a fourth and six at the 49 or 40, fourth and five and a half really at the 49 or 45 yard line, 10 and a half to go. Analytically, that was kind of a coin toss thing, but this dude's been aggressive all year long. I was surprised he didn't go for that one. Would have been totally fine had he gone for that one. But at that point, it's 14 to seven, um, the 49ers have moved the ball in their first two drives. They missed a field goal, and then they scored a touchdown on their second drive. Now, they went dormant the rest of the half. But, I, I, I you know, this idea that um, he made the right decision there punting uh, – or no, it, it, you think he made the wrong if – you, if you think he made the wrong decision, right decision by going for the fourth downs in the fourth quarter and the third quarter, then why didn't he go for that one? Because that was a slight one way or the other kind of a coin flip call analytically. And then the end of the half. Um, look, there are a couple of things about that particular fourth and goal at the San Francisco three. One of the things that he thought about there that he didn't think about up 24 to 10 is making it a three score game. I was totally in the moment in context because context matters. Because the analytics said go for the fourth and goal from the three. Go for the touchdown. Uh, The analytics were a a strong or at least a slight to strong, depending on which site you follow, go for it situation. He he kicked the field goal. For me, you kick the field goal to make it a three-score game. You don't want to give the 49ers any kind of, you know, jolt. You've been dominating them start to finish of this football game in the first half. Plus, if you miss, and this is huge, you don't get the benefit from the miss. See, the fourth and goal situations, call it fourth and four or less, the analytics, you know, to go for it, it includes the benefit, if you miss, of having that team backed up inside their own five-yard line and the difficulty it typically is to move it out from that spot, and you're going to get great field position if you can force a punt. They didn't have that uh, added benefit Um, if they missed going for it because there were only 10 seconds, 8 seconds, or whatever it was left in the half. So I didn't mind that decision. But again, if this is all about analytics and it's not with this guy because he would have gone for that right there, Um, it's about feel, it's about context, it's about emotion, it's about, for, for the most part, he typically reacts aggressively, but he didn't on the two fourth downs in the first half. Fourth and five and a half in San Francisco t- territory in the first half, they had not been stopped. All right, Keep in mind that was four plays, 75 yards, touchdown, 11 plays, 62 yards, touchdown, and here they are again in the midst of like a 30-yard drive, six or seven plays, and they decide not to go for fourth and five and a half at the San Francisco 45-yard line. They punt it. End of the half. I wouldn't have had a problem had he gone for that, and I would not have had a problem at the end of the half had he gone for it, even though my preference in both cases was to punt and to take the field goal. The field goal specifically because extends it to 24-7, three-score game, doesn't give the 49ers any kind of good feeling going into the half, like we got to stop if you missed it, Um, and there's no benefit to missing it. 
meaning field position. Now you get to the second half. And obviously these are the two that have been scrutinized the most. The fourth and two at the San Francisco 28-yard line, up 24 to 10 in total control of the football game. At that point, as I mentioned in the first segment, the win probability for the Lions was 91.5%. 91.5% for whatever that ESPN win probability tracker is worth. But if you're watching the game and you're a football fan, Detroit was in total control of the football game. And he went for it. I honestly would have kicked the field goal. Now, Badgley has been an issue for them. For those that don't know, from 45 and in, he's been a 62% kicker. He has not kicked an outdoor kick this season. There were concerns to a certain degree about Badgley. But it's 45 yards, it's a clear, no wind, beautiful day, and you go up three, you go up three scores again at 27 to 10. It was very slightly leaned going for it analytically for um for Campbell in that spot. I would have kicked the field goal, but I didn't have a problem for him going for it either because they were unstoppable at that point. And by the way, Reynolds is open. He's got to catch the ball. If he catches it, they're probably to make it 31 to 10. Worst case, burn another couple of minutes, kick a field goal 27 to 10. I didn't have a massive problem with that in that moment. Now, fourth and five, if he's going for it there, yeah. Fourth and two, I mean, they were already chunking them to death all game. They had yet they had been stopped on one drive, and it was the fourth down decision where he decided to punt. Um, then we get to 24-24. And this is the one where, again, analytically, fourth and three at the San Francisco 30 with Badgley as the kicker and his, you know, one out of three, uh, two out of three, one out of three misses from 45 and longer. By the way, all of you who kept telling me on Twitter, these are 50-yard plus kicks, let me just explain the way it works. You take the line of scrimmage, you add seven yards, and then you add 10 to that, and that's the length of the field goal. The ball was at the San Francisco 30. That's going to be a 47-yard field goal, not a 52-yarder, not a 50-yarder. Um, anyway, uh, at 24-24, with blood spilling all over the field at that point with what had happened, you know, with the first fourth down drop, with the Ayuk, you know, deflection off the face mask, with the Gibbs fumble, with the carrying the punt at the one-yard line into the end zone, Um, It was like, to me, they had weathered the storm on the San Francisco previous drive by sacking Purdy on back-to-back plays, and they had forced a field goal there, and they had driven the ball, they had a big play, a throw to um, uh, Jamison Williams, they had a big Montgomery chunk run again, and you were faced with fourth and three. They threw to Monroe St. Brown underneath, and it was some good tackling by the 49ers. Ward, Ryan, I forget who else was in on it. I, th- I would have kicked the field goal there to tie the game. I would have. But it's not like it was an egregious error to go for it, in my opinion, because on fourth and three, this team this year was 20 of 25 coming into the game. That's what they were all year long. 20 of 25 they had been 
on fourth and three or shorter. I would have kicked the field goal, though. There was a slight lean analytically to go go for it, but I would have kicked the field goal to tie the game. If you miss it, it's a backbreaker, just like if you miss the fourth and three, but I would have taken the, you know, for him, this 68.9% chance you're going to you're going to convert the, the field goal um, versus a 49er defense and a 49er team that had a lot going for it at that point in time in context. I don't even know what kind of plays they had. Remember, a big part of this is, do you have all the fourth down plays or all the third and three, fourth and three plays? Do you, do you have a lot of options left? Um, and then finally, I would have never gone for the fourth down that they scored the touchdown on to make it 34 to 31 and not because I had the 49ers laying the seven of course I was hoping they would kick the field goal so I'd get the push at 34 to 27 but I would have never taken the opportunity especially after a two-yard loss after a pressure on Goff where he threw you know uh, out of the end zone I didn't feel in that moment that it felt like they were going to get it and I would have taken the three and then taken my chances on an onside kick. But again, the big mistake, the big mistake of all of the Campbell decisions for me is the third down decision to run the football. Because once you put yourself at risk of needing to use one of those three remaining timeouts, you were going to lose the game because the 49ers had you know would take the ball back with 55 seconds to go 40 second play clocks two timeouts you can you know they ran plays they could have done the take the purdy snap it to him have him you know take a few steps kneel down three you know three times and then punt it but they felt comfortable handing the ball off to Mitchell that he would protect it and burn a little bit more time than those plays and you got it down to where it was game over once you use that timeout, the game was, for all intents and purposes, barring an absolute miracle of a recovery of an onside kick, it was over. So, there you go. Um, to me, they didn't lose the game, the Lions, because of Campbell's fourth down decisions. They lost the game during that five-minute stretch where they completely imploded dropped multiple balls, fumbled a football, had a dropped interception, bounce off a face mask, had a ball that should have been downed at the one-yard line on a phenomenal punt, and instead the dude just carries it into the end zone like he didn't know what the rule was. Um, That's really what ultimately cost the Lions that game. The five minutes from the midway of the third quarter till the the end of the third quarter where it went from 24-10, 24-24, and it wasn't because they, you know, the 49ers all of a sudden stepped up defensively. It's a good knockout of the ball of Gibbs, but he ran the the play incorrectly. You guys realize that, I think. Olsen, by the way, please give me Olsen over Romo. Oh my God, Tony Romo. We'll get to that either today or tomorrow. He's just he's horrendous. And Olsen is outstanding. He doesn't lend sort of that I think the the gravitas maybe for for the number one crew but he is really good at explaining things in the moment for anybody to understand all right uh let's get to Baltimore Kansas City next right 
Let's do that. Uh, we're done with Detroit. We'll open it up for calls next hour, but I want to get through this Ravens disaster yesterday at M&T Bank when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 to Team980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.